0: Welcome everyone, I'm your host Angelo Santiago and this is the We Are The Men podcast, a show that is dedicated to sharing the stories of men who are all connected by a commitment to having a positive impact on the world through the actions they take in their own lives. My guest today is Wayne Barkis. He is a men's coach, a facilitator with Sacred Sons, a father of two amazing girls and has been in a deeply committed relationship for eight years now. Wayne is also a very good friend of mine. We have led groups together. We have traveled the world together. And there's just like a deep connection there. So I am thrilled. I'm excited to have you here to share your story, to share what you have been bringing through in your life and into this world. So thank you so much, Wayne, for being here. Yeah, thanks, brother. I'm happy to be here. And we're neighbors too. We don't live from each other, which is pretty cool. That's right. Yeah. Which is, you know, a big part of what I've learned as I've stepped into just my own personal growth is the importance of community, not only in the online sense, but also in the local sense, like having men that you trust and that you can look up to and that supports you and that you're also there for them locally, creating that community that is invaluable. Yes. Yeah, man. Happy to be here. Yeah. So, Wayne, I love starting off these conversations before we get into a lot of you sharing the past of your story. It's always important to know, like, what season of life you find yourself in now. What's happening in your world? What have you stepped into? What do you see as, like, the near future of, like, this is what I'm experiencing in this season of life? Yeah. That's a great question. Uh, I'm experiencing a lot of creativity
1: for sure. I've just, about graduated from the level two leadership program with the Sacred Sons, which has really launched me into a more upfront position of when I hold these retreats with men that I'm upfront and center and really bringing through my experience and my medicine in, in a way that is very new to me in that I've been in multiple areas of support with other different leaders and I've just learned so much. So I'm, I'm really launching into the next season where I get to show up in a completely new way. And I'm feeling a lot of creativity coming through that. As to being open to, you know, not knowing everything and being okay with what comes through. And also I'm having like a really revolutionary shift in momentum in terms of business and how I'm showing up as I'm been in the men's coaching space for several years. And I've been just looking for a different way to bring the communication through just to spread the message that's really sharing just more of myself and and something that's been the more for me has really kind of been fashion and clothes and, and my expression that way. And the culture of the Sacred Sons has really brought something through for me that was locked. And that was really how I look when I show up, being an expression of me being okay, not looking like everybody else. And and in that, I've begun, or I've been in for the last seven months, the design phase of a new clothing line that I'm going to be launching near the end of 2024, which is just ultimately me following a ping that's coming through and me being real with the creative energy and how it wants to move. And I'm, you know, my intention is to bring the conversation of expression
0: and embodiment through clothing. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about freedom of expression. Let's talk about what it means for anyone, right? Like we are creative beings. We are beings who like to express ourselves in many different ways. And so much of like the external pressures of the world kind of be like, oh, I have to be this way. Or if I'm this way, I'm too much of this and not enough of that. And that's wrong, Or right? I Learn this. So for a man or really anyone who's listening right now, who feels kind of stuck, like caged in, and it's like what I look like or the content that I'm creating, the music that I'm creating, that whatever it is that I am expressing outwardly from like my internal self outwardly to the world, I feel stuck, I feel caged. How do you reach to that point or for you, what was your experience and like how did you get to this season right now of creative expression? Well,
1: putting myself around a lot of healthy men that were in that space of full expression, you know, I'll just go back to the beginning in in using the word embodiment, the first men's experience that I went to with the Sacred Sons, the EMX, the embodied masculine experience. I didn't even really know what the word embodied meant. It was new language. And once I arrived, I think I might have come with a dress shirt with a sweater vest over it because I was in the white collar industry and I hadn't done camping in the mountains for like maybe 25 years. So I was just wearing what what I would normally wear. And I was looking around and I was like, wow, these guys, I feel a cultural expression, like a depth to them that they've experienced much more of the world and that they're bringing that into their essence. It was just a different, unique flair. And ultimately that gave me permission to be okay ditching the sweater vest and exploring what it would mean for me to wear something that might be a different expression of myself and go back to my community and the people that I was around and be okay Not looking like everybody else. And I mean, from tattoos to hats to chains to, you know, necklaces and rings and all that expression, what really just came online was that I was finding myself passionate about being unique. And that was very new to me because I didn't know what it looked like for me to have a different expression other than what the environment that I was in looked like. And ultimately it felt like a prison. I remember thinking, I don't even know how to do my hair. So I'm going to look at the guys that are in my group as to what their hairstyle is. So it's just very go with what everybody else is doing. And that was exhausting.
0: Yeah. Exhausting. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of other emotional suppression that came along with that, like physical suppression. So it's like, what did that, once, once you kind of broke through that wall or escape that prison that you're describing. It's like paint a little picture for us. It's like, what did that open up for you? Like, what did that allow you to then do?
1: Well, it helped me to know that I had a tribe that got me. I mean, I think the biggest thing that men struggle with is like abandonment of tribe or abandonment of their group. And so to be the anomaly or to stand out, it's like the fear of rejection and I became okay being rejected, possibly in the face of my tribe, knowing that there was a tribe that got me. There was a tribe that just got themselves, and so I was just taking really kind of small steps. And I could feel that the reaction of other people were like, "Uh oh, he's we're losing him a little bit. He's slipping out there. He's starting to look a little weird. You know, he's <laughs> he's doing things with crystals or." Yep. You know, like his expression just really started to, you know, come online. And ultimately, what a lot of the people had shared with me was that it was triggering them as to where that they were suffocating themselves with their cultural norms. And in that, I just started to feel free. And the more I started to feel free, the more I started to feel more of myself and it just became very okay for me to be whatever i was whatever i was becoming whatever i wanted to look like and in the face of rejection knowing that i had traded my freedom for acceptance for so long so i was no longer going to reject myself anymore in the fear of being rejected by others because it just was exhausting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you touched on just like every decision and every choice that we make and every action we take, like ultimately it has to be for us, right? Like your decision to express yourself and to everything from the way you were dressed, your hair, your tattoos, like all of it was for you. And every action that we take, and this is what I touched on in the introduction has an impact on others. And in that impact on others, it had an impact on the world. So even something as simple as like you said, what I was doing triggered, affected other people. But then what that did for them is it made them look at themselves and be like, how am I quieting myself down, not expressing myself? So it's like every small action we take, has impact on others. And that's why I think it's so important to have these conversations. Like what is it that we're facing? How is it that we're assessing the situation? What choices do we have and what actions and decisions are we going to make based on that? From as simple as the clothes that I wear to like how I interact with a stranger at the store, how I choose to communicate with somebody else, all those things. So- Thanks for tapping into the the wane of right now. I think it's important in this conversation because it's like hearing this is beautiful. And I know for all of us, for every single man, like we have stories, we have experiences, we have struggles. So I'd love to just chat a little bit of what's your story that you feel called to share with the listeners about where were you in life that got you to that collared shirt kind of mentality that you were just not allowing yourself to be yourself? Mm. Yeah, well, I can
1: kind of condense it just with one word, and that was survival. And ultimately, I was living in survival for so long, and I think it was Socrates that said, a life lived unexamined is not a life worth living. And I hadn't examined why I was doing what I was doing for so long until it brought me to an absolute breaking point. And the breaking point for me started physically because physically I was in construction for 20 something years and I was overworking. I was not taking any time to myself. And what I had no idea was that the autopilot that I was running on was that I was in such fear of future failure based on past experiences from my childhood of moving around and uncertainty of money. And that little tiny program put me on high gear, high alert, a state of near panic attacks and massive anxiety, and it broke me. And then once it started affecting me physically, then I started really emotionally recognizing that I had completely numbed myself out for as long as I could possibly remember. And what that ended up doing, and and that was the rock bottom moment for me, was my marriage of 11 years ended really abruptly with me finding out that my ex-wife was having an affair. And it was in that moment where I heard the voice that said, who are you? Because I was looking at the overall picture of everything that I thought that I was, was just completely dissolving. The house, the cars, the family, the system that I had created to keep me really as safe as possible was no longer and it was the first time that I got to look and start examining, like, what got me here? What am I even doing? Why am I working 60, 70 hours a week? Why am I buying all of these things? I was just doing it literally like in a fog, completely 100% disconnected
0: from my entire vessel. Yeah, the, the numbing is real. And there's so many things. Just available to everyone right now to be whatever it is your flavor of numbing is. And that's something so critically important to look at. It's it's something that I can guarantee that I know that I was doing intensely for a long time in my life. And at a certain point, it's like I almost didn't even know it until suddenly, like you discussed, like your rock bottom moment, that like brick to the face of there's like, you know, whether it's a voice or a vision or just like a physical breakdown, you're just like, what is happening in my life? And so the invitation that, like, I always bring when I'm talking to somebody who's struggling, it's like, let's look at those. Like, those are uncomfortable to talk about. And then once you acknowledge those and you're like, OK, well, now what am I numbing from? Right. And you shared a little bit about, about for you what it was. And I guess, like, what was the action once you like came to that realization, what were the steps that you took? And, and clearly in that moment, it's like, it's not like you knew what it was going to look like a year down the road, two years down the road, five, 10. It was just like, what is it right now that I need to do for myself to start moving on the right path into the right journey? That is my life. That is who am I? Which is that question that you posed yourself. Yeah. And
1: really, the who am I is more for me. It was who am I not? Hmm. And I got to really challenge, for me, it was just challenging my beliefs and recognizing that the belief of survival the belief that money wouldn't come to me the belief that i needed all these things i just really started to examine just going back to the socrates quote of examination it was like i started looking under the hood at the operating system of what was actually running the show and i did become obsessed I became obsessed with how I worked, how I operated, how I thought. I had never looked at the mechanics of a body or analyzed it for energy or really understood anything. I had lost all spiritual connection to this universe. I had grown up in a very Christian home. And what my experience was in the religious space, it didn't feel good. I just would leave and I'd feel like that I wasn't living a good life and there was just this constant shame and there was always something that I needed to do differently. And so I started just really examining all of these things that were impressed on me and started examining my childhood and really started opening up what trauma was. And that trauma could be what's actually running the show for me without me having any awareness that it's functioning for me to keep me safe. And really, the book that just cracked me open was Atomic Habits. Once I recognized that there was a way to override the system by creating some tiny tangible habits... I was able to access something and call it will, I was able to access something different where I wasn't so imprisoned by my current circumstances, I had a future outcome that I felt was obtainable, but I just needed to take tiny steps. I think he said in the book 66 days to automaticity, meaning the thing that I was doing was what everybody does. You know, you put your blinkers on, you get off at an exit, you're not even thinking about doing that. Well, I was doing that with going out, I was doing that with drugs, I was doing that with alcohol all those blinker moments were moments that were running for me. So I just pulled back the reins and I basically said, I'm going to start my morning slower, and I'm going to create 10, 15 minutes for myself. And that's when I started the journey of, what does it look like to recalibrate my nervous system? What does it look like to heal from frying myself out? It took several years, And then I asked the question, what does it look like to be sober? And that was probably the question that changed my life because it wasn't so much about the actual sobriety or not drinking anymore. It was about the space that I created by not doing the thing that led to me being drunk. And so when I created that space, I allowed myself to actually touch peace for the first time. And it was so freaking confronting to actually not be out and not be stimulated because my emotional home was so chaotic. It was so used to being around high stimulants, lots of energy, loud noise, loud music. That was what just pulled me in like a magnet. And it felt like home so the journey of reclamation for me was really creating a new emotional home that could be okay with peace that could be okay with stillness and then once i was in that sweet spot the alcohol no longer called to me because i wasn't
0: running from peace any longer yeah beautiful so with all of that, I mean, first of all, you drop some amazing nuggets of gold here for those that are listening, both with talking about atomic habits, talking about how, looking at how you slowed down your morning, looking at assessing yourself, who am I not, talking about what your system was used to, all the noise, all the chaos, you know, so it's giving, inviting somebody who's listening right now to, to stop and take a moment and take a look around to do that self-assessment and be like, where am I, who am I, who am I not? what is it that has become my norm and not necessarily where i thrive so with that with your story and your experiences what you went through you know we talked about the beginning that you've you've been in the men's coaching space for a while you you're facilitating at sacred sons events which uh, where, where men gather to connect with each other what have you found in that work that is uniquely you that is uniquely your calling to bring to the lives of of others to really enrich or support them like how do you find yourself really getting in there and supporting others? Yeah, great question. I've
1: found that vulnerability in the men's space is an absolute superpower. And what I touched on in my first experience was just kind of sharing my story about my divorce and and what I went through and how toxic it was and how challenging it was. And what I recognized that when I was sharing that Other men were able to access something inside of them by me giving permission to them to feel it. And so me being okay, sharing my story just gives men permission to let them know that they're not alone. And in that not aloneness, there's so much healing that happens. And so when I started to share that, I started to recognize something was coming online here. I said, well, I feel like all of that happened for me so that I'm able to show up in this way for other men, for them to have a space to be okay with their experiences of, you know, trauma and uh, in addition to that the path and and the journey that i went on for deep mental physical spiritual healing all of the modalities all the lessons all the things that i learned i thought i think it'd be helpful to share this stuff because i had a empty toolbox i mean my toolbox was just filled with the tools that were shown to me not only by my parents but by culture and those were the numbing agents. And I have so much compassion for that version of myself and for society because they just don't know any better. But we're living in a different time now where this stuff is widely, you know, it's just accessible like through books, through social media. There's so many people out there that are doing these things so it's like we get the opportunity to share the things that have worked for us in hopes that these men can find a little nugget to take with them and change their life i know that the guys that had done that for me saved my life it was just that easy the guys that came before me that were showing up in a new way became my new model of what healthy masculinity was because healthy masculinity up until that point for me was shit it just wasn't working and so in the redefining of it I needed to find some mentors some men where I could be around, and what that ultimately did was that access my heart for the first time in my life. I was able to say, I'm feeling something different from these men, an acceptance, an ability for them to hear my story and hold my pain in a way that I didn't even think was possible and you know ultimately what came through me is that this is my path to show up in this way for other men which has only deepened my ability for me to access my heart in my own life for my children for my partner for my family I'm not showing up for these other men I'm showing up for me what they experience is just the byproduct of the capacity that I show up for myself that's simply it In the beginning, there might have been grains of wanting to be a savior, because I think that happens in the healing space. There's an abandonment of self in the process of wanting to still get validation to help all the other people. But I think that's part of the process. And I think that's okay. And some people get stuck in there. I was able to see the shift and recognize that I really needed to tend to myself. I needed to come home to myself and create like massive incredible routines for myself so that I could show up fully and detach from whatever the outcome is so that I can go back with a totally full cup and trust that spirit's guiding the entire experience and that my presence there was just permission. That's it.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I see like so many parallels from the beginning of our conversation to now in talking about like the permission and having those mentors and having other men kind of for a lot of men is like having somebody else demonstrate that like, oh wait, you can do this and it's safe and like, you're not going to die. Right. It's like, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to express yourself to the fullest. And then to see those men that you admire and that are mentors to you do these things they are like, well, if they can do it, like- I can do this too. And the profound impact it has. And, and that's why I think it's important for us to share our stories, for us to share vulnerably, because we can get on a podcast and just share BS stories about like, yeah, and then I did this amazing thing and this amazing thing. And, right. and that's so much of social media putting out just like this front of what things we want things to look like. But behind all that, there's so much more depth. And in sharing these stories, We can give permission to somebody else who is also going through maybe the exact same story be like okay he did it there's no reason why i can't do it so that's awesome thank you so much with that if men are like man this wayne guy he's sharing something that's touching me in my heart i i got to know a little bit more i want to talk to him i want to connect with him i want to know what he is offering and or maybe I was like, I don't know, maybe I want to check out his product line for his his clothing that he's making for next year. How would they find out more about you? Mm, That's great. Yeah. Thank you for that invitation
1: on Instagram. I am a sacred king. And really, I think the first step for all men is to ask for that support, like that, just following that ping, whatever that ping is like, okay, something resonated. I feel the need to reach out to him. That's the best start. Whether it works for us to work together or not, we get to explore that. I only work with people who are ready to be there. Sometimes I send them to the mountains first. I just meet people where they're at, essentially. But I think the most courageous thing that a man can do is ask for support, especially one that's got the story that he has to hold it all together. Actually holding it together isn't living life to your fullest, I think being okay, being able to let everything move through you and feel it and experience it is the gift of life. And if that's the gift that you're looking to experience, then reach out to me and we can go on that journey together. My experience with men is a deeply somatic experience most men live up here they're in the cognitive space i'm in the body i believe embodiment is it's just simply inhabiting the body and and coming back home to this thing and understanding how it works and letting it do what it needs to do so that's the journey that i take men through is out of their head and back into inhabiting their body in the fullest way and that means experiencing a lot and in that experiencing i believe support in the beginning is crucial. I mean, I've been supported for years in this space and I continue to move into the space of support because I know how challenging it is with outside forces to contract. So, you know, this journey for me is just continuing to expand in the face of everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. Having the support is crucial. You, you got to let go of the idea of, oh, I can do it all by myself. Because if, you know, I'm holding it all together, it's like, okay, I, I got to do it all on my own. It was like, oh, I, if I'm holding it all together now, then I'm going to have to be the one that fixes it or does the thing or fixes myself. And the reality is like, we got to let go of that. You know, if we're carrying it all, then like we have no capacity to allow more to come in. We have to let go of things. We have to allow others to carry with us. We have to carry each other. It's a beautiful experience once you actually get to feel that, so. Oh, it's juicy, yes. (laughs) With that in mind, Wayne, I wanna invite you in as we close out here into a little bit of a visualization. I wanna invite you to take a breath, and if you're listening along, you're welcome to join us. Close down your eyes. Wayne, you find yourself on an open field. Behind you, there are thousands of men and you are about to address the world and you begin to speak and I want you to finish this sentence. We are the men who... We are the men who changed the world. We are the men who changed the world. <laughs> thank you wayne barkis thank you so much for for taking the time thank you for being a friend to me thank you for being a supporter you were pivotal in my coming here to live here with my family and you have had an impact on my life as i'm sure that a lot of the people who are listening today you will have an impact on theirs so yeah i want to say thank you from my heart to yours yeah thank you brother appreciate yeah. that yeah, and thank you for being us. absolutely so thank you guys for joining us on the we are the men podcast we Are The Men is a global movement, and I wanna invite you in, the listeners, to be a part of it. Go to wearethemen.com to sign up for our mailing list and stay up to date with offerings we will be making available soon and to learn how you can get involved. If you like what you heard, take a moment to rate and follow this podcast to help us reach more listeners. All of us know men who can benefit from hearing these conversations and engaging with our community. Please share this podcast with someone you know today. I'm Angela Santiago, and we are the men.